All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Jackson Moody. We got a lot of good things to talk about today. We have three games to talk about, two positive, one negative. Um, but the negative wasn't that bad. So on the football field on Saturday night, we beat Iowa State in the freezing temperatures on the road. First road win of the season, 14-10. to 10. Uh, we are now bowl eligible. We have clinched our best conference record since 2015, and we'll get a chance to clinch our best conference record since 2009 this Saturday at home against Oklahoma. In basketball over in Maui, Texas Tech lost to Creighton 76-65. However, Texas Tech also beat Louisville today in dominating, dominating fashion, 70-38. to So we'll talk about those games uh, talk about OU up next on Saturday for football. Uh, here we go. All right. So on the football field, Texas Tech beating a pretty good Iowa State team. Uh, maybe not good. They are four and seven after all, but a competitive Iowa State team on the road. Tough place to play. They've had our number of in aims as of late. Um, Tyler Shuck wasn't brilliant, but he wasn't bad. 15 of 21, 141 yards, a touchdown, no interceptions. That's Honestly, for what this game was going to be in the cold, he did exactly what we needed to. He also ran it decently well, had a long run of 15 yards, counting sacks. He had 14 carries for 33 yards, all his designed QB runs other than the kneels. Obviously, we don't count those. Looked pretty good. Taj Brooks, nine carries for 45 yards. Sir Roderick Thompson, seven carries for 35 yards, five yards a carry on the average. Overall, have to say a good game. Uh, started very badly. Miles Price uh, fumbles when we think we have a first down. Iowa State looks like they're going to score a touchdown. They obviously do not score a touchdown um, or even a field goal at that matter. Uh, they miss a field goal. We get it back at 0-0 through the first quarter. Nice touchdown on a designed QB run. Um, Iowa State gets a field goal to answer. And then in the fourth quarter, when Iowa State scored that touchdown, I got to say, Shout out to our defense. We had two possessions where we just stood them up on the goal line on third and fourth down each. One of them, I believe we stood them up for all four downs. Terrific performance from this defensive front, the front seven, without Tyree Wilson. They stepped up in a huge way today. Kept us in this game. They did what we needed to. We knew their offense wasn't great. We knew their defense was really, really good and that we were going to need our defense to step up. And, man, they just made clutch plays. Did, were we the better team on the day overall? Maybe not. Maybe not. But we made the plays we needed to make, and we won the game. Um, I will say that touchdown pass to Baylor Cup, that grab, I, I don't love the play call. Don't love the play call. I would have preferred if we just stuck it in uh, either Brooks or Thompson's hands, and they just ran it up the middle, play after play after play. But holy cow, what a grab by Baylor Cup. Um, I'm a Baylor fan, not a Baylor Baylor Bears fan, but a Baylor Cup fan. I have been since the beginning of the year. I mean, this guy, he's big, he can block, he can pass catch. Um, really good result in Ames. Um, one that we were underdogs in. We were underdogs in. 
I thought that we were the better team. Uh, on the day, did it show that we were the better team? Probably not. Overall, Iowa State had 422 yards. We only had 246. They had 294 passing yards to our 141. They had 128 rushing yards to our 105. But we only committed one penalty for eight yards. They committed six for 40 yards. And that one eight-yard penalty, it looked like a phantom hold. I will say, our team was super disciplined today. Um, Iowa State had the ball for the majority of the game, 36 minutes to our about 24 minutes. But overall, first road win in the Joey McGuire in the Joey McGuire era, and it was needed. It was needed for us to get this. We are now four and four in conference play. We have a real chance to finish in the top half of the conference. I'll explain how that could happen. Best conference record since 2015. If we beat OU at home, which we definitely can, I think we're three-point underdogs right now. If we can beat them at home, that would be our best conference record since 2009, since the Big 12 went to 10 teams a dozen years ago. Over a dozen now. I think 13 years ago now. Um, So, look, that's what Joey McGuire has accomplished in year one. And I will say, I was looking at the standings, one painful thing, one painful thing, we were talking about, ah, that K-State loss, we're going to lose more conference games, it's okay, but this one's going to hurt. If we had beaten K-State, obviously TCU's undefeated and into the Big 12 title game, but if we beat K-State, they're at 5-3 and three right now. There's one more team at 5-3, and three. that would be Texas, and then we would be in at 5-3 and three as well. So what that would mean is, if we beat OU... No matter what happened with Kansas State and Texas, we would have owned the tiebreaker over both of them. And we would be playing this weekend knowing that a win sends us to Arlington for the Big 12 title game. And I mean, I got to say, that one stings a bit because that was a game we could have won. We came out flat. Um, Donovan Smith had a bad game. We just didn't execute in the fourth quarter. Just get this through your head, though. Year one under Joey McGuire, we are sitting here for week 12, knowing we have a bad O-line, knowing we've had to shuffle through three quarterbacks. All three have gotten hurt at one point in the season, and we are sitting here saying, if one game goes differently, we are playing to go to our first ever Big 12 title right now. And it was a game that definitely could have gone differently. So, I will say... When I found that stat, it stung, but I think that's just a testament to how good this team has been, how hard they fought, um, how crazy the Big 12 is, how crazy the Big 12 is for sure. But man, we were one win away earlier this season in Manhattan, away from playing for something special this week. And I will say, we still have something special to play for. I mean, a 5-4 and four conference record, that is something special. That's something important. That's something that you can hang up on there. It's a nice star on Joey McGuire's first-year resume. Uh, even Zach Kitley, who's come under fire. Tim DeRuder, he's got that defense playing well. And they, they showed the ultimate bend but don't break with those goal line stands on Saturday night. Here's a nice little other caveat for what we're playing for this week. We have not finished in the top half of the Big 12 since 2009, meaning since they went to a 10-team format a dozen years ago, we have never finished in the top half of the standings. If we win and 
either Texas wins or Oklahoma State loses this week, we would finish in the top half of the Big 12 standings. If Texas wins and Oklahoma State loses, we finish fourth in the Big 12 standings, which when you think about bad O-line, first-year head coach, uh, three quarterbacks getting hurt, um, that that would be super impressive. That's something you can show to recruits. And, hey, if we do all that, we're doing all that, and then we're tearing down the south end zone right after the game. So a lot to play for this week against OU. The Big 12 Conference is done. We're going to a bowl game. Not only do I get preview this OU game, I get a preview our bowl game coming up as we move into basketball season, and that's where we'll go next. So next we go to Maui. Texas Tech falls to Creighton on Monday, 76-65. to I will say Creighton made some great shots. Um, you just have to give it up to them at that point. And Texas Tech did not get much help from the bench, and we really struggled on rebounding down low when Bacho wasn't in the game. So I will say we played a very good Creighton team ranked number 10 in the nation. They actually, um, I'm recording this Tuesday night, uh, it's about 8.15 Mountain Time. They just knocked off number nine Arkansas, 90 to 87. So this team is a very good team. Let's make no mistake about that. Um, on our preview, uh, Caleb talked about, well, if Creighton can shoot, and I said it too, if Creighton can shoot well from three, they're going to win the game. If they don't, I trust Texas Tech to win the game. Um he also mentioned they have a lot of bigs, which they do. And with AMAC injured, we had Bacho. He had to take seats at some point. And we just struggled down low. We don't have a big man other than Bacho that you can rely on at the center at this moment. KJ Allen's a good rebounder. He can't do it all himself when he doesn't have either Bacho or AMAC in there. And I think AMAC, I heard, is going to be back by TCU December 31st. So. We'll be fine when we hit conference play. It'll take AMAC some time to get adjusted, but I'm not overly worried. He can put in some minutes while Bacho sits, and then we'll get him back out there. But this is common quality uh, uh, courtesy of shot quality bets. So they measure the shots a team takes, their shooting percentages, the player shooting percentages, odds it goes in based off contests, um, where the shot is, the player shooting them. Creighton wins 76-65. On shot quality alone, they lose that game 66-64. So we shot one le- one point below our shot quality. They shot 12 points above their shot quality, which, look, that would have been enough to flip the game. And your defense played well enough that if you're playing a top-10 team this early in the s- season, inexperienced players like we do have, players still getting used to the college game, uh, you have an injury down low. You're playing a very good team. All you can ask for is what Texas Tech did yesterday. And Creighton made shots. Uh, we made we didn't perform badly shooting uh, one point under our expected average, but they've performed 12 points above it. That's the difference in the game. Uh, when you're the underdog in a game like that, you need them to miss some shots, um, and then you need to make yours. Uh, we, for the most part, made ours. They just made basically four extra threes, and that's the difference in the game. Uh, It's disappointing to lose a game like that, but I don't think it's that bad of a thing. It's not going to hurt us on our resume. We lost on a neutral court to a very good Creighton team. Got a lot of guys, some uh, good experience. Our bench did not play that well. Um, 
Bacho played very well. An incredible game from Daniel Bacho. All right, so going through the stats, our starters, Bacho, uh, he had 17 points in the game. O'Banner had 10. Pop Isaacs had 13. And I was really impressed with Pop Isaacs. I think some of what's going to frustrate fans in this early part of the season is his aggressiveness when he doesn't quite need to be. But I will tell you, I think that's a good thing. I think that's a net positive for Texas Tech when he's being aggressive. Not overall in those moments, but I think it's going to really help him down the line this season and further in his career as he moves into his sophomore. Jalen Tyson played well, nine points. He was three for six from the field. Uh, Harmon struggled a bit. He was six of 17 from the field, but had 12 points, had three assists, uh, only one turnover. I thought it was really good. Something that stuck out to me. Uh, Pop Isaacs only had two turnovers with Pop Isaacs and how turnover happy he was. It was nice to see that. Um, on the bench, it was not good. We had four combined points. Uh, Jennings and Allen both got two. Fisher got none. Washington, none. Williams, none. Kerwin Walton, none. It wasn't a good day out of our bench, unfortunately. Um, and that kind of did us in because when you look at what Creighton did, they were they only got four points out of their bench, but – their starters were in a lot longer, able to run a lot more. Uh, you know, overall, good game. Good game. Good learning experience. And one thing about this is there's going to be points in the season where we lose a game on Saturday. We feel like we either play well and could have won and just didn't execute or the team came out and shot better than us. And there's going to be points in this season where we have to go play on Monday after that or we play bad on Saturday, lose the game we shouldn't, and we have to bounce back on Monday. I think this Texas team t- learned a lot uh, moving when we move into conference play because they came out this morning and destroyed Louisville. Destroyed Louisville, seventy to thirty-eight. It was thirty-two to thirteen at halftime. I mean, that is domination. Uh, midway through the second, it was 54 to 18 for Texas Tech. That and Louisville isn't good. I know. I'm not getting overly excited. Not every game is going to look like we're playing Louisville out there. But boy, did we just destroy Louisville! I mean, Bacho again, nine points in just 26 minutes. Two offensive boards, ten defensive boards, 12 total. Had an assist, three steals. Three blocks, really good stuff from Bacho. O'Banner, 6 of 9 from the field for 15 points. Pop Isaacs, uh, he had 5 points, and he only had 1 turnover. So, 2 games, 3 turnovers from Pop Isaacs. I think that's good. I think he's playing a lot better. Jalen Tyson, he had uh, 8 points, eight, 9 and 8 points so far this tournament in just 21 minutes. Pretty good. Uh, Harmon. Four points, he struggled a bit today, but on the bench, we saw some guys get going. Williams had 10 points in just 11 minutes. Jennings had 8 points in 15 minutes. Louisville may be the worst team that we've played so far this year, but they aren't the least talented team that we've played so far this year. Uh, I think that's obvious. They do have a lot of talent on the roster. Our team coped well. I think we're in a really good position as we move forward into next season, uh, or not next season. Conference play. We'll have a matchup with Georgetown. We should win that. I don't think we'll lose again before conference play. We'll see what happens tomorrow with Ohio State. 
probably by the time this goes out, we would have already played them. So I don't think there's much of a point in previewing that. But that's a good test. If we can get through this at 2-1 and one with the game that we lost to a top 10 team, which offers shot quality, we wouldn't have lost. Um, I think we're setting ourselves up in a really good position. I think this team has learned a lot in Maui. They'll learn more against Ohio State. Overall, this is a great tournament for us to be a part of. Got a nice win, an impressive win. Let's go do it again tomorrow. And um, I'll next time I talk to you, on uh, it will come out next Tuesday. I'll review that game against Ohio State and uh, the game against OU. But I want to move forward into going back to football. Tyree Wilson has announced he won't be able to play this season. He suffered an injury. Um, so he's going to the NBA, NFL draft. He's gone. He has been great for us. We're not in a position where we're going to a bowl game already without him. We're not in a position that we made a bowl game last year without him, probably. So he's done amazing things for Texas Tech. We have a lot of talent on the defensive line. He's going to be tough to replace. He's going to be tough to replace. And he's not a guy that you get a like-for-like switch in there. You just have to improve at every position uh, on the defense front, which I think we will do. We're getting more athletes in there. Next year will be a bit more difficult. Uh, It's been announced that Rabbit, uh, Taylor Demerson, is coming back, and as well as Reggie Pearson. So they're both taking their COVID year, and we'll be back next year. That'll help us a lot. Um, A lot to be excited about if you're a Texas Tech fan. And moving on, I want to talk about the guys who have transferred out from us in basketball. I know this is a sore subject for some. When Terrence Shannon announced he was leaving, it was not done in the best way. The team was still on the plane after losing the Sweet 16 matchup to Duke. He clearly felt bad about that. He spent, I believe, 12 or 13 days giving a shout out to every teammate uh, that he played with from the previous season, and then announced that he would not be back. There were murmurs that he was reconsidering that and may come back. Um, Some people said, quite frankly, people close to him wanted him to go closer to home, and he ended up at Illinois. He was looking at Michigan. Obviously, we we know what happened with Dickinson um, getting mad at Mark Adams because Michigan's administration admissions office is way too strict and doesn't think that Texas Tech's a good enough education. I don't know how that's on Mark Adams. I think that's more on Michigan. Um, He has been lining it up for Illinois. He was also doing charity work in the Lubbock community as he was leaving Texas Tech. So overall, I'm really happy for Terrence Shannon. I thought that he was, you know, his last year here, he thought he was going pro the year before. Didn't work out. He had injuries. He had a stupid NCAA investigation that really, let's be honest, wasn't under his control. NCAA investigations when a guy decides not to go to the NBA, not to make money in the G League, and decides to come back to college, and they're investigating ticky-tack stuff that holds him out, keeps him from full preparations. That was ridiculous. He didn't really have a ton of control on that. Um, obviously the NCAA decided that he did the things the right way that should have been cleared up well before the season started. It was unfortunate that the NCAA drug that out so long. Then he had injuries. He fought back, fought to get back on the court. So overall, I'm a massive Terrence Shannon fan. 
Uh, I like watching college basketball games on Sunday. Illinois will play a lot of games on Sunday because they're part of the Big Ten Conference, and I'll probably root for him. The other guy who left, Kevin McCuller Jr. Um, this one, look, this one's a bit different. Terrence Shannon obviously wanted to keep goodwill with the Tech fans. Kevin McCuller has done great things for Tech. He came back when we needed him. He came back when we needed him. We really, when he announced he was coming back, that was a huge boost. I know Kyler Edwards announced he was coming back too. Didn't end up coming back. Kevin McCuller Jr. is an interesting situation because we all thought he was staying. And I, I will say, I wasn't so sure. I saw a tweet saying, Hour till the uh, NBA or transfer portal deadline. Looks like it's the NBA draft or Texas Tech for Kevin McCord Jr. We all knew he wasn't going in the NBA draft. We were excited to have him back. And then, boom, the bomb drops right at the deadline that Kevin McCord was leaving. Not only that, not only that, he announces then that he won't be coming back to Texas Tech. And then he announces his top three, and that's all at separate. The top three and not coming back to Tech are at the same time, different times, and he announces he's entering the portal. Then he announces his top two and has Kansas in there. Then he announces he's going to Kansas. And then he announces or posts something saying, oh, you're quick to welcome transfers, but mad when one leaves. Okay. And he announces he's going to Kansas. And then he announces, oh, I'm uh, not going to the MAA. I am going to Kansas. Then he announces again he's going to Kansas. He announced like four times he was leaving Texas Tech to go into in-conference rival. Which, look, if that's the best position for Kevin McCuller to go, fine. So be it. It is what it is. I wish we got him with the student section back. And, you know, thank you for everything you did for Texas Tech. But I also saw Jeff Goodman, who I'm going to talk more about in a minute. He was talking about how huge he was against Duke. And then they play, I believe, Southern Illinois. Kevin McCor has a stinker of a game. A stinker of a game. And I looked up McCor, and it was Kansas fans calling for him to be benched all, all the way down there. Oh, bench this guy, bench this guy. Take Some people saying take a scholarship. Extreme, he had a bad game. But, you know, I will admit, I'm going to find it more difficult to root for Kevin McCore now that he's an in-conference opponent. And at Kansas, no less. And now he hasn't gone to Austin. He hasn't gone to our, the team we hate most. But, you know... He went to a conference rival, a team that we hope to compete for in a conference for a conference championship. The only time I'll be rooting for Kevin McCuller this year is if Tech needs Kansas to knock somebody like Texas or Baylor off for us to win the conference title or help us in the Big 12 race. So it is what it is. Kevin McCuller is gone. Uh, he's a conference opponent. We don't need a root for him. Uh, Taron Shannon, you don't need a root for him if you don't want to. I personally will. I like the guy. Uh, he seems like a good guy. Uh, it seems like he has a soft spot for Texas Tech. Kevin McCore, eh, maybe not as much. But that brings me to my last thing, Jeff Goodman. And he's tweeted out a few things 
when Taron Shannon was having a great game, he said, I hope Mark Adams isn't watching this game. And it's like, uh, I'm sorry. As a Tech fan, I'm sure Mark Adams would probably feel the same. I'm happy when Taron Shannon Jr. does well. I'm happy for him. I thought he was a really good player for us. He fought hard. He tried to get back on the court whenever he was dealing with injuries. He worked his butt off to get out there. As soon as he was cleared, he was ready to go. He had some tough things happen in his final season. And, you know, also, Texas Tech, we have a really good team. We have a really good team this year. And I don't know if Terrence Shannon fit the system that we like to run offensively. I think it was a good move for both parties that Taron Shannon left. Also, we don't have to play Illinois unless we meet them in the NCAA tournament, so I'm not too worried about him. Um, if we play him in the tournament, then I'll be worried about him. For But for right now, I couldn't care less. I, I will say, Jeff Goodman, when you see this guy tweet, and I like the stuff he does on Field of 68. I listen to that a lot during college basketball season. But... When he's tweeting about Texas Tech, the reason he's doing it is because he knows he can get engagement out of it. And he likes to poke the bear. He was saying, oh, this culture is all Chris Beard. It's, no, it wasn't. Tubby Smith built this program from nothing. Chris Beard, to his credit, elevated it to great heights. Great heights. But when Chris Beard left, he was not given a darn about whether this program stayed intact. He was doing everything he could to gut it. And then Mark Adams came in and sustained it, and the crowd got, or the fan base got re-energized. So, I will say, when you see Jeff Goodman tweet about Texas Tech, in sometimes a negative light, take that with a grain of salt. Anyways, we play OU on Saturday. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, we're three-point dogs at the moment. I think pressuring Dylan Gabriel is going to be important. Keep in possession, giving it to the running backs. I want to see our running backs get more than 16 carries combined between Sir Roderick and Taj Brooks. I would love to see us get way more carries than that. Um, I think it will be a more up-tempo game, so we definitely will see that. But a lot is on the line on Saturday. A lot's on the line on Wednesday in basketball. Uh, so that's going to do it here. I will be back with you all. I'll record on Monday of next week. It will be released by Tuesday. Uh, but thanks for uh, tuning in again. And wreck them.